All right. Playing the intro in three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rune Terrible Radio. I am your host, The Blevins. Joining me, as always, is a Saucy Mailman. What's up, buddy? What's going on, buddy? Yeah, we got all sorts of great stuff, including <laughs> our guest, a top 10 NA ladder player from Rune Terra, Legends of Rune Terra, Prismaticism. Welcome. Hey there. It's good to be here. Uh, we are glad to have you um, because we got uh, a couple of weeks ago, we got the list of the players that were in, you know, the top of their regions and you were one of them, man. It was, it's great to actually be able to uh, talk to someone who had the, the dedication and skill to get to that top level. So really, really glad to have you on and have someone who's, was actually good at the game, unlike myself. I was just trying <laughs> who to can jam. Actually talk about things. <laughs> <laughs> who can actually talk about things besides trying to find the perfect iteration of a Teemo deck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was me. Um, but let's just jump right into it. Uh, Prismat, talk talk a little bit about yourself. Where you come from? Obviously, not just some random schmuck off of the side of the street that just picked up a game out of nowhere and got top ten. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your your background in gaming. Yeah, so there's uh, two angles to this. So in card games, I played Magic since I was about 13, so 10 years ago. And uh, I started playing Hearthstone when it came out, played that for a few years. Then I moved on uh, Then I moved on into more esports in general. I was actually a pro player in Heroes of the Storm for two years. And then after that, after they shut down the competitive scene for that, I moved on. I tried playing Artifact. That went pretty well. Yeah. And then after nice. Artifact, I tried playing Underlords for a bit. Mm -hmm. I hit top uh, rank on the ladder on that as well. And then, but I got a little bit bored of that. I played TFT for a bit, and now Legends of Runeterra is coming out. So now I'm trying this out. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, I mean, very similar uh, path that many of us took. Uh, <laughs> I'm still delving a little bit into uh, uh, into TFT as well, but. <clears throat> Before uh, you know, before the show, you sent us over some of the decks that you use, and we actually saw on uh, you know they they listed out some of the top decks. So tell us a little bit about your you know your favorite decks that you use, maybe just your favorite archetypes in general in Runeterra. Um, so the two main decks that I played, one was an aggro deck with Noxus and Ionia, um, and the big idea behind that deck is you play all of the Trifarian cards, which can't block. So the mm -hmm. entire idea is you're always going to kill your opponent before they kill you. So you're never going to have to block. They're always going to have to block your attackers. Mm -hmm. uh, and I went with this deck first. I just wanted to see, I'll play this aggro deck, see what decks can stand up against it, what decks will survive it, and then see maybe if other decks can go as fast as it. Uh, and then after that, I put together a control deck. Uh, I really thought She Who Wanders was really powerful. And then I also liked the board wipe of Ruination. Mm -hmm. um, so then I just put that together. I tried out a bunch of different late game cards, um, but overall, a lot of them were just like too fancy and too slow to really be controlly. You would just play them and then die immediately. <laughs> so, just the big idea behind that deck is you play Avaros and Hearthguard and then outvalue everything your opponent does. Yeah, the the uh, it's funny because the the that control deck that you were playing and put together, it was it was like 
a more refined, better version of the one I was playing because I was playing a, I was like all the big splashy stuff I could. I was playing stuff like the War Mother's Call and everything, and this mm-hmm. is like, but the same things. It had the, a lot of the same core, like the the She Wanders and Ruination, and like I don't know, just just good like valuable cards, uh, weirding stones, and um, like that that kind of deck. That's that's my love. I love playing control. So mm-hmm. I your version was really sick. I really liked it. Yeah, it's really nice to be able to just say, like, if the game goes to turn 10, then I'm very favored to win. As soon as I just start playing these larger things, I'm just going to trade two for one for everything my opponent plays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, <laughs> well, the, and then the opposite of that, of course, is the, the first deck you were talking about, where, like, turn 10, that's, that's like three games away from this, man. Like, I'm not going to yeah, play yeah. 10 turns for <laughs> this whole session. Uh, so it, I, I wanted to... You know, Saucy and I kind of come from two opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of our deck choices. I'm I'm very much on the aggro side, uh, and Saucy, uh, as as you just heard, is very much on the control side. In your opinion, what 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 did you favor? Kind of after you played, uh, obviously a ton of get, a ton of matches in the first preview patch. Which which deck or which style of deck did you favor in the in that iteration of Runeterra? I think I found the control deck a lot more effective. Um... But and a lot more reliable and consistent. Mm-hmm. Where the aggro deck, sometimes you would just play an opponent, and you would play a one drop. They would play a one drop. You would play a two drop. They'd play a two drop, and then that would just happen. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, oh, my curve tops out at three. So mm-hmm. yeah. they play a four drop, and suddenly, oh, they're not at less than ten. I can't just kill them now. Mm-hmm. So, whereas with the control yeah, deck, that's... it was a lot more reliable. Where uh, you would just play a hearth guard, and then mm-hmm. after that, you would just win every trade. Yeah, because the card is just insane. We we were just talking about that in our we made like a little group chat for the three of us. Like that card was like at first I, I saw it, I'm like, this looks like a good card, but then after you play a few games, you're like, Wow, this is actually like quite a strong card. <laughs> yeah, you don't even need to be that heavy in allies to buff with it. Like if half your deck is allies for it to buff, it's still amazing. Yeah, I mean it, it's just an automatic Prince Kalisoth, right? Like it just buffs everything. Yeah. Uh, yep. And and we know from from Hearthstone how good that card is. <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's so it's so sick. Um, yeah, I'm I'm known for uh, mostly in limited, but for building decks that can't beat a single Riot Devils, which is a just a two three for three. <laughs> from I'm like, well, if you if you can if you can land a single two three a uh, three toughness I'm creature, I, I'm 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 going to game two unless I have a removal spell. It's uh, you're playing like twenty one drops. <laughs> hey, I like to have more creatures than lands in my deck. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's reasonable. Uh, you, you need, I mean, what? Twelve is enough. That's a lot of land. I mean, twelve is pushing it, but fourteen is just—it's just a nice. No, you, you feel you feel really good. The, the the thing about fourteen land decks is that they're either the absolute nuts or they're just nigh unplayable. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's it's mostly. Like, uh, but like what you said, Prismat, where you were—I mean, it's interesting because I've heard from so many players that were just like, especially early on, they're saying how favored aggro seems in Runeterra in general, just because you essentially all your units can attack the turn you play them. You have haste on everything. And there were a lot of people that were saying, you know, like this game is going to favor aggro so hard control is not viable. Uh, And I found the opposite to be true as well. Yeah. I do think it was partly affected because people aren't building really well-tuned decks so far Mm -hmm. where I think a really well-tuned deck can really punish a, a control deck. That's too greedy. There were a few control decks I ran into that were playing multiple hearth mothers calls. And that just seems ridiculous to me that you're going to, sit there with that card in your hand 
uh, until turn nine, basically, and then play it and use your entire turn and not just die. And then just um, lose. <laughs> so I think, but but those decks, if you're playing against uh, a deck that isn't tuned or a player that isn't going to really punish you for it, those decks are just going to win every game. So I think that's the big reason that I found control to be more effective. Whereas as it goes on uh, and the game develops and the players improve, then I think that people will really find good answers to control, good ways mm -hmm. to play around Ruination or punish it when you do play it, even if you do get value off of it. Um, yeah. So it'll be an interesting balance between the two. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the from episode one, we had um, had uh, that's admirable on, and I think that just the quote of the of the show was uh, him saying like, "Yeah, people are trying out all these cards, but at some point, you just gotta play a card, idiot. Like, you can't just like yeah. have a bunch of six drops in your deck and expect to win. Yeah, especially when there's like you need to actually be able to play. <laughs> right. There's like how how many how many five power two cost creatures are there in the format right now like at least three right i think <laughs> i think so yeah i'm pretty sure there's like yeah there's a lot and you're still at 20 life which is very close to magic so yeah there were a lot of games with my aggro deck where i would end turn three uh where i'm attacking and mm -hmm. my opponent would just be less than 10 life they'd be at five life or something it's just yep. you can't even win from that point right it's just yeah just not even uh possible but that was the world of constructed this week or this preview patch is all about limited uh and they're calling this mode expedition mode and we got a little bit yep. of a we got a video and uh an faq on uh expedition mm -hmm. so uh prismat what's your sort of um you know are you mostly a constructed player do you, do you delve into limited at all what is your background with i actually like limited a lot I like the idea of um, not just having literally every card available to you, really having to take your, the resources that you're given and really make the most of them and be able to, to make something sort of from nothing with what you're given. Mm -hmm. Saucy, what, I, I, I know where we... I don't know. I actually, I don't even know if we've talked about this. If if you're if you're a limited favorer or constructed or what your your background with limited is. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a I'm a big constructed guy. I actually dislike limited quite a bit, um, but it, it's it's a funny, it's a weird two edged sword because so I hate I will not draft in Magic. I hate drafting in Magic. But my favorite way to play Magic, my favorite way to play Magic is cube draft. So well, that's like that's kind it's of an oxymoron. Like <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know. I just I don't like drafting. I'd never really have. Um, I. I'd rather draft in Magic than Hearthstone. I think Hearthstone's arena system is trash. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. The only time that I was playing any draft was when I was just starting my collection on MTGA because you mm -hmm. keep your cards, so that's all right. Um, but this, the way they're handling this, the expedition mode, is very intriguing to me. And I love the idea that you continue to draft more cards as you play yes. games and like build onto your deck. And I love that one ticket gives you two sets of different games too, and you get mm -hmm. rewards based on your best run. I think that's pretty good. It also yeah. gives you a lot of gameplay overall for just one draft yeah. run effectively. Mm -hmm. You get to play two mm -hmm. separate decks. You can have a complete failure of a deck and still get really good rewards. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to lose sequentially. Like you get the you get the run back if you lose and then win, lose then win, lose. You're good. You're good to go. Which is yeah. which is great. I mean they I mean, this is this is more. This isn't about this mode specifically, but it's very uh, showcased with what they've shown us with this mode. Is like it seems like Riot and the Legends of Runeterra team have really 
you can tell that they've been that they all have been playing card games and even specifically digital card games for a long time now it's like man what do we really hate about hearthstone arena it's like well you basically just get a bunch of random cards and it just feels like a really bad constructed deck it's not like there's so many like cool synergy cards in hearthstone but it's like well can i ever pick the uh you know can i ever pick that first murloc lord and and yeah. really try to go murlocs it's like well no yes <laughs> but with a gigantic asterisk that's as big as your screen because you're not going says, to get do them. you like losing yeah <laughs> like sure yeah. draft this card yeah go ahead and draft them yeah you're comparing that murloc lord to another epic which would generally just yeah. be a, a much stronger card on its it, own exactly yep. but that's the fun of magic draft is like they they design the sets with limited in mind. So at the very least you can first pick that mill card, although that's going to be a touchy subject for a lot of MTGA drafters right now because of how the auto drafter works. But you know, you can (laughs) take that, (laughs) you can take that, um, you know, that theme card and, and other sets, we won't use Eldraine. Uh, if there's like a mill theme, like possibly, like you can draft that, like you know, power uncommon, and maybe like like they have that built in. Like if there's a bunch of commons that can enable that, or if it's like a, mm-hmm. a mono red deck or something like that, you can enable that in MTGA. But in Legends of Runeterra, it's like it's giving you like little mini packs that have synergies built in them and like are pushing yeah. you towards something. It's absolutely you get insane. a bunch of like little like yeah like you said you you can build around synergies you want to play you're like yeah. and it's cool because they're showing like oh i need some more removal maybe here's like a removal pack and mm-hmm. i don't know like it it's very interesting i love and i think that's why i, I don't like a lot of limited because i always just like if i'm playing i'm either doing two things i'm either going because i am like when i'm playing paper magic i'm usually bringing a friend and they're like getting into magic so mm-hmm. i'm there trying to make the funnest goofy deck and it's not going to win or i'm just trying to like all right i'm just drafting flyers because i'm going to beat up all these nerds like <laughs> i don't know i'm just drafting something good but then i end up with a 40 card pack of just garbage commons so i don't know i like that this this has a little more feel to it it definitely like makes you feel like you're building a deck uh, yeah. not just like putting together a bunch of two, two and three, two flyers and like, uh, like doom blade type cards and, 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 and mm-hmm. battling out, which I, I mean, I personally, I love limited. Um, and that's one of the most fun things for me in, in general with card games, but not arena. I never really liked arena. Uh, not, not MTG arena, hearthstone arena. Um, yeah. I thought it was all right at the beginning when that was the only thing that you could play before you bought a deck, yeah. essentially. But in Magic, I actually like drafting more than constructed a lot of the times. And I think that this, you know, Legends of Runeterra Expedition almost feels like a combination of, like, Magic Draft, like a little bit of Hearthstone Draft, and even, like, Hearthstone single-player events. Because it's like yeah. the, th- the, the oh, theme yeah. packs are, are almost like the ones in the... The, the rewards that you get, it's like, do you want to pick the Murloc pack or the draw cards pack and the spell spell damage pack or whatever? Yeah. Um, and those always feel good. And it's like, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to take every single Murloc pack that I get. I'm going to make a super Murloc deck and maybe it's bad um, or maybe it's great. Who knows? Um, and I think, balance, you know, balancing the, like the pack distributions or the, like I'm saying pack, but the little like mini packs, um, that's going to be its own, its own thing. And like, because it's not going to be fun if, like, oh, every time you see the removal pack, you just automatically take it because it's so much better. Yeah. Balancing those packs is going to yeah. be 
its own thing for uh, for expedition mode. But I mean, that's only like one thing. There's just so much more. Like you said, Saucy. There's the you get to keep building your deck after. Again, it feels kind of like the Hearthstone like expedition yeah. or the Hearthstone um, sing, uh, solo adventures. Like, mm-hmm. why why haven't we been doing that in yeah. <laughs> in this? It's it's it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, the fact I that like you're picking. Uh, no, the ahead, fact that you're picking from uh, multiple multiple cards per pack as mm-hmm. well is pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know if you guys have played Shadowverse. Uh, you familiar with that at all? They had a, a, a little more bit. basic version of this drafting mode where your draft, you would be given two sets of two cards and you would just choose between one of those and then you would do that 15 times to make your deck. So then mm-hmm. this is like That's a more refined version of that where you're choosing yeah. from sets of three or two cards. And then the the opportunity cost there, where maybe you want a really strong card, but it's with a, a much weaker card compared yeah. to two more average cards as well. You're like uh, getting gifts on given packs every uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> every turn. Um, and again, if you guys are new to the card gaming realm, we are using a lot of <laughs> very specific Magic and Hearthstone terms, and uh, all I can offer you is a sorry for now because it's just, right. just going to be the way it is. Um, yeah. If you guys ever have any questions, uh, if you guys ever have any questions about what what the heck we're talking about, uh, hit us up um, on on Twitter or oh, actually, now saucy now might be a good time to to toss out that little yeah. Discord action. Yeah. You can hit us yeah. up on Twitter. We're at Rune Terrible on Twitter, but also you can go to Discord.me/slash Rune Terrible Radio. Because we have that set up now, we're Makes basically sense. real boys now. Yeah, it's we're, amazing. We're 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 big we're big uh, big shiny podcasters now. Yeah, um, look at us being real guys. <laughs> so that stuff's cool. The fact that you're actually like building it. Like, oh, and they made it. They they like opened it up so that you can play three uh, regions in your decks, which is like now. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that that's yeah. really cool because normally you can't. You you know you you can put two regions two factions mm-hmm. into your deck but this they said you can have three factions in a deck which also intrigues me because it's like really cool that you could just kind of like throw three random factions that shouldn't really go together but all of a mm-hmm. sudden it's like that's really cool i love that it it opens up the possibilities obviously and and one thing that intrigues me a lot and what what in my mind makes a limited format feel really good is when it feels extremely different from constructed like I'm think one of the best um, limited formats for me ever was triple Innistrad draft original Innistrad mm-hmm. because you had a graveyard matters deck a mill yourself deck a mill your opponents deck an aggro deck like you had so many different archetypes and like yes you can play an aggro deck in constructed but like you're not playing a blue white mill your opponent deck in in uh, constructed and like what felt and mostly felt feels really bad for me in Hearthstone Arena is like it just feels like really bad constructed. It's like you're playing two really bad constructed decks, not like mm-hmm. a different thing. And now this is differentiated even more now because you're specifically playing combinations of cards that you can't even play in constructed. Um, so that was uh, that in and of itself is really big for me. And there are definitely some synergies that it feels like there aren't quite enough of the cards to support it to really put mm-hmm. together a 40-card deck in Constructed. So you're not mm-hmm. really going to want to play it in Constructed, but if you happen to see those synergies, then, hey, this is decent. If I end up drawing them together, that's pretty good in my expedition. Yeah. 
and this will let me uh, play every every faction alongside deny. So I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> deny in every deck. That's uh, you know you got to just throw that in every single every single deck. You get counter spell for every deck, and you don't have to worry about getting mana screwed or color screwed. You just get to play a three color deck. Uh, yep. or you, no matter what, it's great. I mean, it. I'm just coming to this realization now, even though maybe it's it's obvious. It's like they when when Hearthstone was made, and pretty much I think most card games up until now uh, have always used paper Magic the Gathering as their basis of. Yep. This is how we do things. This is how it's been done. Let's and let's iterate off of that. Now, obviously, Hearthstone did a lot of things. You know, the randomization and the like, crazy creating cards and stuff. And people have taken some of those things. But like, this feels like Legends of Runeterra for the uh, this draft mode feels like yeah, we're using the digital card. We're using the digital card game uh, history as our basis for making this, and we're iterating off of that. And then also, obviously, keeping a lot of the lessons that we learned literally coming up on 30 years ago now with Magic the Gathering paper. <laughs> but instead, using the starting point as, like, for me, it's Hearthstone is the was that, like, next wave. That was the first real big digital card game. Anyone tries to tell me that Magic Online was that, they can, they can, they can get right <laughs> out of here because that Magic Online fucking sucks. Uh, I don't ever want to deal with that. Um so using Hearthstone as sort of the baseline and then iterating and improving upon that is, I think, where, to me, why this feels like such a like a, a breath of fresh air in a lot of ways. It's like, yeah, why haven't we been doing that? Yeah, well, you know, why don't we do that? Why, why is everything based off of old eight-man pods from, from Magic um, when they don't need to be? Yep, exactly. So I'm very excited to play this mode um, and get on the exp- and get on these expeditions. It's going to be helpful for me because I I'm not getting seven wins on my first one. I'm just it's not going to happen. Um, and plebeian the, the the one thing uh, we talked about all the good things. The one thing that kind of concerns me, it maybe concerns isn't the right word, but that raises awareness for me is like there. We talked about this last week a little bit saucy is like they're kind of limiting what we can do with it or like how many how many drafts we can do like you can't really go infinite right because you can't it, it like limits the number of expeditions you can do a week if i understood the notes correctly it's like you can only do three expeditions a week or something if you want pr- for for prizes maybe i just read that i, don't see that. Uh, I think that's what it was you can only do three that you pay for entry on, but then can only right. receive prizes for. And then after that, they're free to enter, but then you don't get anything for them. That's right. what it sounded like to me. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought. And I guess I just want to kind of get your guys' thoughts on that. It's like they're taking a lot of precautions to make it not pay to win, which I which yeah. I get. Um, but you know, we don't need to keep being a dead horse of like. I'm an esports boomer. I have a job. I just want to pay the money to. Do. I'm not going to be able to grind uh, as much. Like I just want to pay my money and get my get my stuff. And like I'm going to be honest. Um, you know, after I do my three expeditions for prizes a week, like unless expeditions is really, really, really fun, and uh, or there's some sort of leaderboard for it, like. I'm probably not going to lean towards playing expeditions if there's no prizes for it. What, what do you, uh, Prismat? What, what are your thoughts on that? 
Uh, well, in for example, in Hearthstone, I was like a big grinder basically when mm -hmm. it first came out. I just grinded through Arena to try and earn everything free to play and just not drop any money on it. Mm -hmm. So it is a little bit disappointing that I can't just spend like ten hours a day just mm -hmm. playing Arena, just drafting and getting a full collection like that. Um, but it is pretty nice where as soon as like a new set comes out, they're not someone's not just going to have the entire thing, just going to have a full on deck. So it does balance out a bit. Yeah, but I want to be that guy that has the font. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do, What do you think, Saucy? Do you care? Is this Is this real? Am I Am I making a big deal out of nothing? I don't know. I think different. Like for me, as someone who would probably never play more than like, I'm interested to try it out, but I know I'm not gonna. It's not ever gonna be like my game main game mode. Mm -hmm. Knowing that like there's no cost of entry later would get me to probably play them more. Mm -hmm. And I know like my my streamer friends who like if they only play like mtg arena like limited draft mode mm -hmm. if they knew like i could just do this for content sake just for fun a whole bunch i think people would really enjoy that like i have a whole collection on mtg i don't need the prizes like for someone who does this full time like really not true. having to get in like any kind of like payment to get in is actually pretty rad yeah I think I've completely changed my mind within the, the span of two minutes on this. <laughs> I think about it because I'm thinking back and like right now I have every card and I'll drain. I'm just drafting because yeah. I like it and I'm getting these packs yeah. just to get gems to do, to do more packs. If it was free, I wouldn't have to. I think my brain has just been ruined by mobile games and like the the proverbial carrot that keeps me yeah. going. Um, and I, I, Maybe Legends I of like Runeterra will help me get rid of that carrot. Yeah, also, like, my, my first draft scenario where I'm going and just making a bullshit, stupid deck, mm -hmm. like, when there's nothing really on the line, I can draft this really funny, hilarious, like, Teemo, bad, three-colored nonsense deck. That's going to be an amazing deck, okay? Don't say things that you oh, can't take win. back about Teemo. You're going to win a game. <laughs> You're going to win a game. Teemo is beautiful and perfect in every way and will never get nerfed or else this show's over. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Riot's over. <laughs> yeah, Riot better understand how important this is. Yeah. We it does give you a lot of opportunity to just practice overall. You can just, because mm -hmm. if there's nothing on the line, you just get to play yeah. something random, something mm -hmm. that might work, but you're not confident enough to risk anything on mm -hmm. it. Where in other games, you'd have to just go and watch a streamer play a bunch to, to try and learn it yeah. effectively. Yeah. Ooh, on, on that, I have, a, I have a question for you, Prismat. Do you ever see... Um, like, cause there's in, in magic, there's limited tournaments and whatnot. Do you ever see this as being a competitive type game mode? Mm, I mean, it's kind of hard because you're not drafting at the same time as other players. So mm -hmm. a lot of what you end up with just comes down to what the game ends up giving you. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to say because a, a lot of the, the skill in drafting and magic really is the, the other people that are at the table with you. Yeah. So without that, I'm not sure how skill intensive it could end up being compared to just playing constructed they may have to like like somehow like put that in well, i mean they did an with, interesting stuff. with artifact like drafting was almost as like the draft tournaments were similarly competitive to to constructed mm -hmm. um yeah it, it's possible i mean the i think the problem overall is like unless you're like a limited guru or if like for whatever reason the limited format is more popular i just don't think that that ever happens i can't think of a game where the limited format was more popular from a viewer's perspective because like when i'm super into like a magic format like i want to watch streamers draft i want to watch like and get i want to you know learn and get better from that but like do i want to watch a limited grand prix 
not really. <laughs> I never did. It, it's no. just, I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe the, maybe the viewership numbers, um, state otherwise, but I just can't, especially like for new players, like, Start I don't know if, uh, if limited is the, maybe limited is the best way. I don't know. I, I just don't, I just, I, from my own personal perspective, like I don't see myself ever really wanting to watch like a limited magic grand prix or something. And like, even like at the, now it's called the mythic championship, but the pro tour, like, I don't like, like I wa- I like watching exactly watching them draft, but I don't want to watch them play the games at all. Like, I just want to see their draft decision and the games playing out is not really that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a lot more work from like the viewer and from the produ- production, basically where mm-hmm. you have to, show each person drafting or at least as whatever people specifically that people would want to watch drafting Mm -hmm. and then that's completely separate from the actual gameplay whereas constructed people just come in with their deck and then they just play the games so everything just gets like split in half right and on that aspect and like i mean maybe runeterra will be different but like constructed magic there's like cohesive things happening and limited magic is like clever combat math and tricking your opponents and getting value out of your removal spells and stuff like it's still fun to play obviously but in terms of like compelling gameplay i don't think that like lining up your blockers effectively is the most fun thing to do (laughs) and like having underpowered cards and whatnot so i don't don't know we'll see um but uh well we'll definitely be seeing very uh very soon because uh if you're listening to this live tomorrow in under 24 hours we're going to actually be able to play we're going to be playing some expeditions i think we get what five days of this um so uh warm up your warm up your seats and get your computers ready your doritos bought and mountain doritos and mountain dew bought because we're on the grind folks um but You'd think, you know, that man, new new game mode being previewed, man, that's a lot to talk about. That's a, that's a great episode, but wait a second. We also still have 40 plus cards that have been changed. Um yeah. and with that being said, um we're not super we're not super late on time, so we can definitely talk about some of these cards, but I wanted to just before like before we delve into some of the specific cards, let's just talk a little bit about like uh Let's just talk a little bit about like the um, the concepts behind like the some of the changes they made. I know we talked a little bit about this before, but prisoner, what what are your thoughts like at a high level about the changes in general? Uh, I was surprised how many of the changes were nerfs. Almost all of them, actually, because hmm. there are a lot of cards that I expected uh, to be buffed. Overall, there were I just never saw play, mm-hmm. uh, and like, you just look at the list of cards and you just look at like seven plus cost and there are a bunch of cards that i didn't even remember existed when i went back and looked at them <laughs> yeah we, we were talking about that earlier like what what is i had to look up a couple of the cards like oh yeah that's that's in the game i guess right i mean i think the the cool thing is obviously we all we all have our own perspective and prismat you played a lot more games than i did or at least i'm assuming i don't know how the uh, I didn't play that many games, so I'm assuming that considering your ladder ranking, you if played, it's greater than twelve, yeah, <laughs> you played more than three games. No, I played a, a decent amount, but no. Uh, what I know, at least from, and I can only speak from what I have heard from the TFT development side. Um, you know, they have full access. Riot has full access into like the stats of like what cards are being used and how many yep. people are playing them. So. 
it seems like you know they they've given a lot of like little like one-off quips about like why they change things um but I'm guessing that they're probably based in statistics at some point. I, I don't know, but I agree with you guys. Like I, I saw some of these changes and I was like, um, okay, I guess that, uh, you know, that card that I literally never saw play and didn't know was in the game, uh, mm-hmm. was, was performing really well at a certain, at a certain level with certain players. Yeah. So we'll link the, the patch notes for this too. So you guys can all see it. Cause there's a lot and we're not going to get into every single one of them. Um, but I think what interested me, cause I, I read through all of these today and it's, it was a lot like what's cool. One is going back to last week when we were talking about transparency from riot, Mm -hmm. they're very transparent on why they're doing nerfs and buffs and explaining why they're changing things, which I think is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, too often in card games, uh, they'll just for Hearthstone example, they'll just change a card and not tell you why. Like they're like, we we remove the mana cost from five to six. All right, next bullet point. You're like, <laughs> okay, like we all as players know, but it, like for someone who's just getting into it, maybe they're like, I don't know, I I don't I know the broken interactions with that. So this they're explaining like, hey, we changed this because we found there were a couple uh, broken interactions in expeditions, for example. So we moved the the rarity around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing that really impressed me with the way that they were doing, at least on this um, patch here, um, the way they did uh, almost all the nerfs, they would nerf something about it, but then they would change it to make it different. Um, mm-hmm. They wouldn't just like change the mana class. So for instance, uh, Weirding Stones, I talked about being one of my favorite cards ever, um, used to be a two mana zero three. And they said, hey, we thought it was a little too explosive at its price because it's too cheap. So we moved it up to three mana, but since we increased the mana cost, we also gave it one more toughness. So now it's a zero four to kind of balance mm-hmm. it out. Um, and I think that's that's very impressive to me. Yeah, that that kind of goes into one of the the quotes that uh, come from the article. Um, a, they're not. We should not expect this many changes every patch. Uh, that yeah. would be insane. Um, but you know, it's still, obviously we're super early and I think they wanted to, this was the first time that players actually got to play. So they wanted to get that, uh, get these changes in. Um, another thing is every champion, uh, they, they said this in the article, every champion should have a deck that their best fit non and non-champion cards should have at least one deck where they're a good option, which is a pretty big divergence from pretty much every card game. Um, mm-hmm. that we've seen. I mean, Magic specifically has bad cards in the sets for yeah. limited filler, but also, like, I, I believe I remember hearing this in one of their, like, interviews, design interviews years ago, that, like, they want to have specifically bad cards so that players who think that they're good, like, you know, three mana gain 10 life or something. It's like, that card's yeah. not really that good. Um, but a new player may think it's good, so they can learn, I guess, trial by why fire. It's yeah. <laughs> why it's no, not. No, there was an article about that. That was a okay. few years back explaining because people were whining about so much pack filler. And they're like, well, a lot of these cards, they're purposely bad so that as you learn that they're bad, you as a player feel better that you've gained this knowledge and to become a better player. Mm-hmm. That's a bunch of malarkey. In my... <laughs> yeah. they, I mean, but the problem is, so there's like, I don't know if you guys have this issue. I have this a lot where I, I will latch onto a card and it becomes my pet card and mm-hmm. I put it into everything. Uh, for anyone who plays Hearthstone, uh, Brightwing 
is in every single one of my decks I play. Not good, but I, I love it. She's super cute, has this cute voice acting. So, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Like, it, I just enjoy the, the transparency that they're giving with mm. everything that they're doing in the game. It's definitely really interesting where you look at a card and you see this has like a really interesting effect, but by itself, it's not going to be super powerful, but you really have to take the time to really think, how can I put this together with something else? What is this going to work with well? Mm-hmm. And uh, just having that as a, what they're trying to do as a, as a viable option so that you can really use that creativity and put together something mm-hmm. where even if it won't be the best deck ever, it can at least like function pretty well. You can, you can win games with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're also saying, you know, regions should regions should have at least one competitive competitively viable deck, and the meta should support the widest possible array of competitively viable decks. Those are all very, I think, at least at surface value, very um, a lofty goals. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the yeah. the meta should support the widest possible array of competitively, and then you know insert viable decks, insert uh, viable heroes in, in certain games, viable team compositions. Like, that's what pretty much everyone wants, right? Like, yeah. Or at least that's what I think people think that they want. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe it's not actually what they want. But, I mean, let's be honest. These these uh, this team has done a lot of cool things but they're not like superheroes, right? They're not mm-hmm. like when have we ever really had like these uh, when have we ever had these pillars like achieved in a game? I mean, there might be certain there mm-hmm. might be certain points when that's happened, um, but just to not you know maybe take a little bit of a devil's advocate point and not completely fanboy out about the game. I'm extremely excited to play in less than 24 hours. But the one you know every champion should have a deck that they're best fit in. That kind of makes sense. Um, you know, they're going to be that means that they're going to be kind of pointed in a direction. Whether that deck is good or not is is um, you know not uh, uh, not necessarily true. Um, but re- regions should have at least one competitively viable deck. That is interesting. A because that inherently will make the meta more um, diverse, right? Which means like, oh, we're not just going to be seeing all Freylord decks. We're not just going to be seeing all Noxus decks or whatever. But on the other hand, if the like if we're looking at like a meta for a, a random just a random card game you know how many how many competitively viable decks are there maybe like in magic standard well let's not look at right now because again it's again. just blue green right now <laughs> but in a in a random in a random given standard format for magic there's what three or four tier three. one decks yeah and then a slew of tier two and 1.5 or whatever decks in yeah. this scenario it that this means that there's at least what i guess oh well, i guess if you consider there would only be three there would only be three okay never mind again i'm an idiot and uh i've had my mind changed almost instantly um i guess it's possible that there could only be three po- decks given that criteria my my point my the point i was trying to make which is a little bit less relevant but still i think holds a little bit true is like if we hold that um if we hold that uh if we take it even a step back and hold the, we need the meta to be as diverse as possible. And that is a pillar that we're striving for no matter what. I almost feel like over tinkering can happen. Like it's like, mm-hmm. Oh man, we're just going to be, we're going to be changing the cards all the time. Cause like, 
I think that the you know with Hearthstone they take one end of it of like we bear well I guess Magic takes the biggest end of it of like we literally can't change the cards that are printed on physical cardboard, and yeah. then you move a little bit up and you get Hearthstone where we can change it, we can change the cards, but we don't very often. Um, yeah. Because we don't want to disrupt it that disru- disrupt it that much. Maybe I think arguably it's too long for a lot of people would argue. But and then mm-hmm. something like TFT right now, or even like League of Legends, which, even though it's not a card game, it's like they're doing up they're doing mini updates every week, and every two weeks mm-hmm. there's a new patch where there's potentially even bigger updates and changes. Um, and I'm wondering where ideally something like legends of runeterra should fall uh prisma yeah. where, where, where i mean in your ideal mind as a competitive player who's potentially going to be playing at the highest levels and competing um at, at those highest levels where do you think that the card balance you know where where on that scale do you think that the balance and changes should be uh, especially recently in magic they've run into issues where they're trying to make changes to the format where they're banning cards and things mm-hmm. like that and it's really affecting tournaments where the mm-hmm. amount of time that you have to prepare for a tournament after a change is made is is a really big deal. So mm-hmm. I think doing it too often can really hurt those tournaments. Mm-hmm. So anything less than like every once a month maybe would be too much. But then I also think the Hearthstone style of like every six months is yeah. way too long of a time as well. Mm-hmm. So it's probably like somewhere in the range there, maybe once every month and a half, two, three months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think especially for like tinkering things like that, like you you don't want to do it too often unless it becomes something where it's just like systematically broken and the entire meta is one thing, then maybe look at it. Um, But like something I I like how they're talking about, they wanted to have every champion be able to fit into some type of deck. And looking at a game like this coming from League of Legends that does have such, uh, you know, longstanding pedigree of players that have been playing it for so long, and, mm-hmm. and there's so much lore involved. I know a lot of League's players, specifically that are interested in this game, they want to play Garen because that's their mm-hmm. favorite champion in League. Um, so, like, if you just all of a sudden, like, I'm only playing this deck because I love Garen. This is all I care mm-hmm. about. And then all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, Garen's no longer playable. He's right. He's a... 10 mana 5-5 five, five, like he's too good yep. like then you're going to lose out on a lot of those players so uh, I think it's it's an important thing that they have to take into consideration for sure that is that is absolutely a good point and I mean I think you both made good points the having to prepare for tournaments when your deck is literally gutted um, or even if it's not gutted like it can just be worse than you thought it was and that's still just as bad of, of an outcome if you're playing what yeah. you think is a tier 1 deck and they nerf it, and you've practiced and put in all this time, like, as a competitive player, that's literally costing you money. I mean, in Magic, when they would ban cards, it was also costing me money because I had invested actual money into these cards to collect them, and and then they ban them, and they lose their value instantly. Uh, I'm thinking of the four treasure cruises and four foiled, uh, four foiled treasure cruises and dig-through times that I mm-hmm. spent weeks trading for and spending money on that felt real bad when they announced that ban. Um, as well as the Jace the Mind Sculptors, I bought literally the week before they were announced as a ban. Uh, true, true story. Yeah. Those ended up get, maintaining their value, but that's not that's not as compelling of a story. <laughs> uh, I still am very mad at them for that. But yeah, I think it it it's everything else that the team is doing makes me really excited about how they take the the changes because I think at least so far it seems like they've made a lot of really 
good decisions that are based on their own gameplay. And I know a lot of the players of the team like are former slash current magic pros and uh, you know, Hearthstone players and from the Hearthstone team and whatnot. So there's a lot of experience there, not just from a card design standpoint, but from actual players, which is really exciting um, for me. Let's take a a look at some of the cards. I know um, there were some big ones that you guys uh, had picked out. Um, Prisma, let's, I know you had some notes on some cards. Let's go through some of the one, the, the changes that you thought were interesting. Um, let's see. I think I'll start with Draven. The okay. change to Draven, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll just kind of read through what the change is so that the listeners uh, don't have to. I mean, you should be definitely uh, hit the link and go through the uh, patch notes with us. But I'll just give you a quick uh, reiteration of what the change is here. So Draven essentially is being turned from a three mana four three into a three mana three three on the on the front end. Mm-hmm. Same ability and level up, right? Yep. Yeah. And yeah. then he's basically just getting uh minus one, one attack. Yeah, minus one minus zero on both on both ends, but keeping the same abilities. Yeah, I think this is actually a really big nerf, even though it's such a small stat change, mm-hmm. because the the big thing is uh, especially because for ag- aggressive Noxus decks, you already have a lot of really good options for when you're attacking. Mm-hmm. And also, exa- exactly on the three drop slot is Katarina as well. Mm-hmm. Which, when I was playing the, my aggro deck, Katarina was actually really amazing, and I didn't even mm-hmm. play Draven at all in that deck. So, this is actually just a really big drop off in terms of how he compares to other cards that are available to Noxus. And then also matching up against Braum specifically, mm-hmm. Braum just being a, a massive card for uh, Freljord. Uh, before he's able to attack, and Braum just can't block him because he'll you'll play the axe and you'll kill the Braum. But now you attack into Braum, and you're just going to be feeding his level up. So I think that's just a really big nerf overall to how strong he's going to be. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a really good point. Um, Braum is definitely one of those sorts of pillars in the format for control decks and slower decks. It's like, yep, if you can't beat this uh, zero five, that actually just gets really strong. <laughs> Uh, you need to reconsider what you're playing. And, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's little things like that that, you know, if you guys didn't believe that he was a top-level player, just, <laughs> you know, that it's, the, it's, it's little interactions like that that really end up, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what ends up being the most important. It's like, how do you actually match up against the cards that you're very frequently going to see? Um, yeah. And that, that's a huge, that's actually a huge inter- interaction that I didn't even think of. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I was I was surprised that Draven got the hit and not Katarina because I played Katarina yeah. way more than I played Draven, um, and she seemed just in general more powerful. But um, yeah, that was one I was really surprised about. I, I expected there to be some something to Katarina. Yeah, it really felt like because Draven. There's a lot of other champions that are also just pretty well statted quick attackers, mm-hmm. where it's just going to be hard to block them on the turn that you get play them. So I'm not really sure why Draven was the one that was hit specifically, where his really only thing is that he he's a pretty big quick attacker, and mm-hmm. making the spinning axes isn't really the most amazing thing because it costs you cards. Right. So unless you're playing him a discard strategy, that's just a straight-up drawback. And leveling him up is pretty hard because you need to get two axes, so he needs to hit and survive once to get even get the second one. So Yeah, I, I this one almost seems like... so. And their notes here are, we want champions to be... Uh, we want champions to be cards that you can build a deck around, not just automatically included for a given archetype. Draven was pretty much universally optimal in any Noxus aggro deck, so we're reducing his raw stat power to make sure 
you uh, you have to put in a more dedicated effort to unlock his power. I mean, that that line itself makes sense, and I get behind the philosophy of what they said there. I just, I don't know. That doesn't seem like that was really the case for him. Yeah. It seemed like he was a little bit weaker than that. But again, they have the stats that I don't. I'm going off yeah. of. Especially weapon. when you compare him to Katarina, where because she has quick attack with her ability, mm-hmm. she actually can't die in combat, basically, as long as she's attacking. Mm-hmm. So you could just play her on turn three, attack into anything. Uh, she'll always go back to your hand mm-hmm. because of her quick attack. And then the next turn, you can just play her again and attack with her. And unless your opponent has an actual removal spell, she's not going to die. And all of a sudden, there's just this monster in your hand. Every turn, you're just going to attack twice yep. or attack mm-hmm. on their on their turn. And it's really difficult to deal with. Whereas Draven is just, as soon as you play something with five or six health, uh, they're either discarding cards or he just can't attack anymore. And he's not very good at blocking either. Yeah. A, a very, very interesting choice here. Um, I'm going to pick one that I thought was interesting for a completely different and probably stupid reason. But um, <laughs> I'm actually... One one thing that I was a little bit worried, probably for no reason, but I, I was worried that they might do this. I, I'm, I'm talking about the card Heart of the Fluff tier. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which <laughs> is the uh, the Poro card, Heart of the Fluff. Uh, it's basically like the Super Poro that when you play it, it combines all of your Poros and you, it, it gains all of the stats and keywords. Um, the reason I bring up this card is, you know, Poros are kind of like the they're like the cute little thing of the set. They're the squirrels. They're the uh, I don't know if people would consider Murlocs, but they're kind of like Murlocs. They're kind of like slivers or squirrels mm-hmm. or whatever. Like the like the pet. Um, the pet like creature type in in Rune Terra, and I was kind of worried that like because like it's part of like their marketing, like Poros are a really big part of the marketing and the lore behind League of Legends. I was kind of worried that they were like never going to nerf or touch any of the Poro cards because people would be mad. Yeah. And they made they nerfed him. They nerfed him from uh, five to six mana, and they you know gave him uh, uh, you know they basically said this effect is very strong. We want to make it a little bit... We want it to take an extra turn so people have the chance to play around it a little bit more. Um, so I bring this up because I'm just glad that they're willing to, you know, take a shot at the Poros, which I was I was unsure that they would be that they would do that. So I was worried if a Poro deck ever got super strong, they'd be trigger shy because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to yeah. nerf the thing that people love so Too much. Too cute. I know. They're too cute. You can't nerf it because cute. <laughs> uh, Saucy, was there was there a card uh, that you thought was interesting or that the, the change was interesting? Yeah. Uh, one one thing that it was kind of like a theme across a lot of these cards was they tried to reduce um, cards that had an effect that damaged the enemy's nexus. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Avalanche, for example, instead of it doing um, two damage to everything, or all enemies, it just damages their um, units. Mm -hmm. So before it was a four mana deal two to everything. Now it's four mana deal two to all units. And it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because they, they just talked about like, they didn't want to limit their design space by too many cards that um, did removal and also killed, hit their nexus. Mm -hmm. Um, So they said it, it, and a couple of them, they explained like this allows us to make more creative removal cards, et cetera. But there's a lot of cards like that, like the uh, Augmented Experimenter, which I played a lot of. Um, mm-hmm. He's the He used to be the six mana, three, three, discard your hand, draw three, deal three to anything. Now it's just deal three to an enemy unit. So mm-hmm. same thing. They, 
there because there's a lot of games i was using that to burn out the nexus um i was playing draven jinx discard and Mm -hmm. like you can use this to just shoot their nexus for three was a lot of times what i use it as so uh i think it's just i i like it i think it makes sense because there's a lot of games as frail yard i'm like yeah i'm just gonna kill him with avalanche this is sweet (laughs) (laughs) i won so many games by like i would just get so close and then i'm like top deck avalanche win sweet um so i get it uh it's it's i think it's good design choice overall with avalanche it kind of seemed to me that the before the nerf that the idea of the card was that if you're playing a control deck then you just can't let yourself go down to two or less health or else you can't use mm-hmm. avalanche it just becomes a dead card um yeah. so this change uh I, I feel like you're not really playing avalanche in any aggressive deck anyway so this is no. more of a buff to it anyway mm-hmm. to make yeah. it more effective for control decks mm-hmm. yeah i think it Taking that away in general, just the the sort of face damage, if you will, um, you know, makes it so that they can open. It can kind of open up the ability to, uh, and you know, getting into Magic the Gathering like color pie stuff. It's like, well, we don't want every single uh, every single region to have face damage, right? Because then it's like, well, you're just making certain archetypes worse in general if everything has face damage. It's like, well, maybe we can push face damage more in one in one region and kind of define that. Uh, archetype yeah. or that color pie a little more region pie i guess regionality yeah, the region know, pie the, the region pie you heard it here first maybe you didn't it's the region pie the region pie there's an episode title for you um yeah. so that I you think, know maybe uh, noxus does it or something i don't know one other card that was like i think super interesting to me was the <clears throat> the change to eager apprentice because it got a little bit of a buff so before it was a three mana two two when i'm summoned refill your spell mana now it's a two mana two one when i'm re- when i'm summoned refill two spell mana mm-hmm. um i really like this change because uh you get to just play it on curve without losing your your mana tempo and mm-hmm. also you can use it as an early blocker like they were explaining um and i like that because there's I, I played this card a handful of times and it was hard to kind of figure out the right time to play it because usually like you you end up playing it later than three because it was just mm-hmm. awkward on three. Right. Uh, so it's nice to get that early blocker and also get the mana back. I think it was like on turn two feels pretty good. Yeah, it does give you the option to also curve it into uh, you play this on turn two and then you can play unlicensed innovation on turn three. And that actually yep. gives you a pretty reliable curve out for that kind of a spell deck. Again, more more little interactions that I didn't even think of because uh, my brain is too smooth and but yeah, no, that 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 I mean, in general, lowering the mana cost of something is always going to be <laughs> is always going to be a buff in some yeah. capacity. But I mean, you know, losing one toughness is not it's not nothing. But I mean, a two mana two one is like vastly vastly better than a three mana two two. Like mm-hmm. a two mana two one could I mean you could make an, a, I think you can make a lot of arguments is better than like a three mana three three. Um, I mean, they're different, obviously, but just in in general, if you reduce it down, it's probably better. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so Prismat, any uh, any other cards that really stood out to you, or, or changes that stood out to you? Uh, I don't want to bring up only. The, this is going to be the second nerf, and the, the the second of the only two nerfs that I don't like. But she who wanders. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's that's yeah. that is a that is a hot take because I think a lot of people like this nerf. I think it's a bit of an excessive nerf, honestly, um, mm-hmm. where before the nerf, the big strength, I mean, there were three big strengths of the card where, first of all, like your opponent 
you're playing a Freljord deck, you show that you're playing a more slow style if you don't aggro them early, so they're going to know that you're going to play it. So they know that all of their units with four or less attack are under threat, including their champions. Mm -hmm. So you're going to play it, you're going to wipe out maybe their board, maybe their hand, and you're going to hit champions, and you get a 10-10 regen, which is just going to be really hard to destroy. Um, but I feel like they only really needed to change one of those things between the mana cost or mm -hmm. hitting champions or the regeneration, mm -hmm. and then it would have been in a pretty decent state because there's already it's already a really slow card where yeah. decks that are playing four or less power uh, units, most of the time they're not going to have those in their hand by this point in the game. Mm -hmm. They're they're just going to have already played them all and tried to hit you in the face with them and uh, aggress you if you're the control deck. Um, so I feel like now it's just going to be really slow. And if you're not hitting a lot of stuff with it, you're just not really going to want to play it. Yeah, it, it. the only thing... The reason I didn't care as much for this card in its previous state... And, I mean, it still kind of rings true for this state. Although, if it's just too slow and it's not good in that, then that that is what it is. But the the thing for me, and we talked about this a little bit last episode, was that, like one of the sort of skill flexes that you can have as you're becoming a better player and, and outplaying your opponent is like, okay, I know my d opponent's deck has a Wrath of God effect or a, a board wipe effect. I'm going to just extend enough so that I can bait out the, the board wipe effect and uh, still have some backup in my hand and be able to play that out and, and refill my board. That's one of the you know, things that you learn early on is like, don't just jam all my things in play because I might get blown out by that. I mean, it's a little bit different in Runeterra, again, because, uh, you know, if you're playing two mana, five power guys, you probably just want to get them out as soon as possible. But in like a more mid-range sort of deck um, or a like slightly slower aggro deck, there that is something that you can do to, to sort of flex. the For She Who Wanders, it was like, you basically can only play around it by a going really under it, um, and by that I mean like killing them before they get to play it, or just building your deck differently. Um, and I think that going under it is certainly a reasonable option, and this nerf makes that a more reasonable option. But the building your deck differently again, in in terms of a competitive standpoint, is a reasonable option. But it's sucks if like i want to play the aggro deck right like i can't yeah. i can't do anything in the game it's like oh well i know that my opponent has this i just need to hope that they don't draw that or kill them beforehand so mm -hmm. i don't know i i didn't i don't know if i liked this card in, in like the fact that it hits hand was really the big thing for me but now you at least get to like your heroes or or your champions are, are, are safe. around yeah they're safe so yeah it yeah. wasn't it was an interesting. Like I, I think I said it last week. I figured this card was gonna get nerfed because it, it was my top three favorite cards, um, just because it was so bananas. <laughs> and uh, I, like I, I knew it needed nerfed. There needed to be something with it. Mm -hmm. But um, kind of like Prismat said, I think it's interesting that they took away the keyword, upped the mana, and then also reduced its effect. All mm -hmm. like I expected them to probably like I figured they were gonna do something with the with its effect. Um, removing, not hitting champion, sure, I get that. And I, it could be 10 mana. But then also taking regeneration away is, I don't know, it, it just makes it so much less valuable. Because even if it's just a 10 mana 10 10 with regeneration, you get to at least have a roadblock for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can theoretically rebuild in a couple turns. I mean, getting yeah. hit by this is, you're not surviving very many hits of She Who Wanders. Yeah. But 
Um, yeah. I mean, for, for a, like a big splashy card that you have to tap out to play, it should have mm -hmm. a big splashy effect. Sure. Um, but like, I don't know. A lot of times this, this may just be too slow now to play. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's still good, but I don't think you just automatically jam three copies into a deck right. or two. Yeah. I mean, from what I saw, uh, before I built my control deck, I was watching Tides of Time play, mm -hmm. and he built a deck that was uh, Freljord plus Ionia, and he played uh, Deny, he played the 4-mana Bounce spell, and he played mm -hmm. the Mina Swiftfoot, the 9-mana 6-5 that bounces three enemy units. Mm -hmm. So he he was he built a deck basically to completely counter any She Who Wanders control deck, where if they played She yeah. Who Wanders, he would counter its effect, he would bounce it to their hand, and they would have wasted their turn effectively. And mm -hmm. then he would just go under it, basically. So when yeah. I saw that, I, I just decided that I wouldn't even want to play too many of them. I ended up playing only one in my deck. After When I played with two, if you if you draw both of them especially, you just can't bad. even win. You can't even survive against yeah. an aggressive deck. You're mm -hmm. just, you just don't have enough cards to really make it work. And then another thing to consider is the, the fact that it is symmetrical. So True. it does limit your own deck construction as well, where mm -hmm. uh, my control deck, I was playing Thresh. And I'm I'm playing Braum, and those are all going to die. And I'm playing I'm still playing some low cost uh, units as well. So True. especially the control deck where you're more likely going to have more cards in hand by mm -hmm. that point, you're True. you're hurting yourself as well as your opponent in a lot of situations. Yeah, that that is that is definitely true. Um, yeah, I mean I I do. Again, man, you're selling me a little bit on this on this being too much of a nerf, um, but we'll see. I think people are still going to play it. I, I think it also like yeah, it opens up like because this is worse. It like opens up slots. I mean, like you said, maybe it wasn't good to run multiple anyway, but now it's like it's certainly not. You're not going to be running multiple of them, and now it's like yeah, you can play you can play some other cards as well at that sort of like higher end at the higher end of your deck. Um, yeah. But Prismat, you mentioned another card that you didn't like the change on. What was that one? Oh no, I was just talking about uh, Draven specifically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, cool, cool. Is so, there a nerf that you're uh, like really happy about that you would say that like got you excited? Um, I think Weirding Stones was definitely one that I I liked. That was definitely just too strong at two mana. Where it yeah. just, it, especially for Freljord, where it opens up the curve of Weirding Stones into, uh, what is the four mana card? Let me find it. Avalanche, of course. No, Babbling <laughs> Bjerg. So you would, yeah, you would play Weirding Stones into Babbling Bjerg into Avaros and Hearthguard, and that would just be such a ridiculous curve where mm. you just play the Babbling Bjerg most of the time, you draw the, the Avaros and Hearthguard, and then mm. from there you're just, you're just ahead in every way. Yeah, as much as I like rampant growth and old wild growth, like we we've learned, we we, we learned mm -hmm. like two mana two mana ramp, like you need to have a really good reason uh, for that, and you need to really take a look at what your four drops are because going two to four is strong. I mean one to three, uh, <laughs> honka s's in the chat, please uh, yep. for all the the gilded geese out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, one to three is also strong, but I mean, ramp in general is just one of those like pillars of a card game that is always going to be strong. Um, so, uh, you know, you don't want to, you really gotta be, and especially it's like, yeah, I mean, this is just, 
this is just wild growth, but it's on a creature. Like, come on, man. Yeah. C- come on. <laughs> yeah. Now it's also more of a real choice between this and Catalyst of Eons, whereas before mm-hmm. you're just always going to play the Weirding Stones and then maybe play Catalyst yeah. as, like, your fourth one, mm-hmm. fourth copy of it. Yep. Um, yep. So this one, this one, um, if you guys think think of maybe one more um, each that you want to talk about, or if not, that's fine. But one, the last one I wanted, I personally want to talk about, uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier, um, Saucy, was the, the Scar Maiden Reaver, who really effectively is just getting a, a, a toughness and a, uh, or a health and a um, rarity change here, uh, going from a five mana four six um, uh, with some abilities and uh, down to a five mana four five at a higher rarity. And the reason I brought this up is because uh, they say this, this change is mostly expeditions inspired. We found that this card was a bit too beefy at its rarity and was crowding out the other choices. Oh, sorry. It's not getting a rarity change. It's just getting nerfed so that it fits its rarity better. Um, yeah. And it's like they're balancing around expeditions. That's what I wanted to bring up. Like Hearthstone yeah. doesn't really do that, or at least they didn't do it no. back in the day. They have some arena-specific stuff kind of but for all intents and purposes like they don't even think about that magic does have draft in mind but it's more like we are having cards that are very clearly for limited and cards that are very clearly for constructed i mean this feels like a pretty clearly for limited card but it's good to know that those that type of distinction exists because i think again it goes back to my point of like having limited and constructed feel very different uh this is part Mm -hmm. of that uh, yeah, I think uh, for me and the the last thing I wanted to talk about was another theme that they changed mm-hmm. that they wanted to kind of um, identify in the game, and that's with the I'm going to use the example of their change to Grasp of the Undying. Mm-hmm. So they made it where it was five mana drain three from an enemy unit to five mana drain three from a unit, mm-hmm. um, and they talked about that they wanted destructive spells to be able to target any unit. Um, which I think is really important. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen anyone who has played Magic knowing how important being able to kill your own minions is, is actually like, there's a lot of synergies around killing your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like this being able to even, like they said, being able to damage your own units like Braum and being able to kill your own units when you have like Curse Keeper. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. And I'm glad that they've identified that. Maybe, you know, give the players the choice. If you want to kill your own stuff, you can. Right. Yeah, that... that opening it up to i mean it's another one of those like next level things it's like oh well are you gonna kill your own stuff and like when they put the sort of training wheels on it it's like eh, just let me give me the choice to mess up right like (laughs) yeah um, and i think it also opens up design space because if they ever wanted to add effects where you like steal your opponent's minions and do stuff mm -hmm. like that um, being able to respond by killing your own thing so that your opponent doesn't take it is really important in right. games where you can respond on your opponent's turn. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I, I will point out that this is a flavor fail from the League of Legends side because there's no denying in League of Legends like there is in Dota. So That's true. Oh, man. <laughs> I, Dang, we, missed we, opportunity. We got you, Legends of Runeterra. Looks like you're going to have to uh, go. Got him. You have to go all the way back to season one for any kind of denying mechanic in League. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Way back. Way, way back. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's just, I think, that's just a good thing. That's a super, super, mm-hmm. super good thing. Uh, Prisma, any last one, any last changes that you want to go over? Here? Yeah. This one I really like is uh, the change to the box. Where they... What's in the box? 
kind of reworked it. Uh, it used to give all enemies minus one, minus zero this round, mm -hmm. and then whenever the opponent summons a unit this round, deal four damage to it. Uh, and instead, it deals three to each enemy that was summoned this round. So instead of playing it before your opponent plays stuff, you play it afterwards to deal, deal the damage to it. So it's pretty interesting. It gives you a different kind of uh, AoE option mm -hmm. compared to Avalanche or compared to uh, the Drain one from all enemies for five mm -hmm. mana that also uh, they have. So it's And it's also pretty powerful where it has really strong cases where you can just kill a champion as soon as they play it. They play mm -hmm. a Fiora on turn three, you just mm -hmm. kill it. And then uh, it can also just be AoE if your opponent floods the board. And because it's a fast spell, you can play it after they commit to their combat, so you know when they're done playing stuff, you're not going to, to play it and then feel bad because they kept filling the board afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, while at the same time, it has the drawback that if your opponent's already ahead on the board, it can just be a dead card in your hand. So it mm -hmm. becomes a really interesting card. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, also agree. It does seem like it's overall more powerful. It, it does. I mean, those types of effects where it's like, I'm going to set the trap up for you, you bet. It's like... The, the box originally, it's like, whenever they summon a unit this round, deal four to it, it's like, okay, well, I get it. They're just not going to play, you know, four yeah, health or lower units. Like, you're not going to you're not gonna get them with it unless they're really stupid or maybe not stupid, but they just didn't see it or they don't understand how it works or yeah. something like that. Or they're doing something that they wanted to do. Um, it's not really reactive. It's, you know, it's by definition not reactive. Um, it does give you that enemies have minus one, minus zero this round, which is helpful-ish, but it's not super strong. This like this now seems like an actual removal spell, like you said, Prismat. Like, especially three damage to each summon unit is, you know, three damage is, is a good interval. But again, can be a dead card. Um, so it, it, it does make you really think about, um, you know, if you actually want to play this card in your yeah. deck or not. And... Uh, I like it. Certainly... It also makes playing multiples of Thresh a lot better because before, if you just end up with a, a second Thresh, then you just have this the box in your hand and you're just waiting yeah. for your Thresh to die. You're just, mm -hmm. I'm not playing this card. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So um, that, uh, again, I'll post the, uh, the link to the uh, preview patch notes in the description if you haven't seen it already on the at Terra Twitter. Um, but definitely take a look at those. Let us know what you guys think in the Discord. Again, discord.me slash radio. Um, they did, uh, I guess, last couple of things here, not specific cards, but they do have a, a, a sort of a watch list for cards where, you know, they're not changing anything right now on them, but we're keeping your eye on you. We're keeping our eye on you. Uh, and they mentioned uh, Fiora, Nivea, and Deny here. Um, and, uh, what do you guys think about, uh, you know, Saucy, what do you, th what do you think about that, uh, that watch list? Yeah. Um, I agree with all of them. They get, they went into pretty extensive reasoning behind everything. Um, I think it's tough to like, these are cards that it's tough to determine how well they were performing based off one preview patch. Mm -hmm. Um, like with a, a card like Fiora, for instance, is such a cool, awesome effect. Mm -hmm. Like so many of us were just playing it and trying to make it work just solely because it was so awesome. Mm -hmm. Like alternate win cons are just amazing. Yep. Um, and the same thing with deny, like every single, there were so many decks that just jammed three denies just because, Oh, it's a counter spell. This is awesome. Yep. Um, and like, I think as time progresses and as we get better with the game and understand more, we, we started to realize like, okay, maybe we don't just jam three copies of deny just because it's a counter spell. Like some decks don't 
necessarily need that. Um, so they're they're like we recognize that these could be very powerful effects. We don't have enough data to make any changes at this time, but we're keeping an eye on them. If they become too you know offensive or whatever, then you know it's something we'll step you know step in and deal with. Mm-hmm. What about you, Prismat? I, I definitely think Fiora was a card where early on, before people really refined their decks, uh, if you if you play a deck that just has zero spells basically against Fiora, you just can't win mm-hmm. against a Fiora deck. Yeah. Where they're they're just going to kill every uh, minion you play, and she's just going to end the game after four turns. Um, so I think we'll see further on whether or not she's actually that big of a problem, especially with the Shen nerf that did come in, yeah. uh, where he lost one one HP. Uh, Anivia, she definitely has some really strong synergy, but she's also because she can't block. It's also really kind of greedy to play her and then try and copy her and do things like that. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. because aggro is so strong, I feel like I'm not sure what kind of deck you really fit her in. I tried her in the control deck, but she just wasn't. She was just too vulnerable, basically, where mm-hmm. it was just too much of a non like do nothing turn to really make her effective. Right. Uh, but I, there probably is some kind of a more aggressive deck that can really abuse her. But it's still hard to tell, really, if that's too strong or if it's still like there's a lot of counterplay to it by just going under her. Yeah, I think if if she wasn't in in the region that she was in, like if Anivia was in uh, like Noxus or something, something more aggressive, yeah, she could maybe be busted. That would be which, pretty insane. Which it can be yeah. in Expedition. Yeah, and that's what I was saying from the start. Like, you know what? I can't wait to jam my Anivia and my Noxus. Like, go and like just stupid stuff. It's such a cool idea. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, another another funny line. For- from the notes was uh while it was flavorful ruination will no longer occasionally crash the game yep <laughs> i mean just just a like good glad they fixed that bug but also funny that they mentioned like it does make sense that that once it, yeah i had it happen on stream and it was the funniest thing because like i played ruination and the game legitimately crashed and i'm like man this kid this is such a good spell destroy yeah. all units destroy the game this is great <laughs> like it, it was really funny revoked my access deleted my account sold all my i know RP. accounts gone yeah. <laughs> someone's here to pick up my car i guess it's gone too like this is best powerful ever it's amazing oh so so good um Okay, so let's let's wrap up here and talk about what your our sort of initial thoughts, high level of what the how they're doing balance. I mean, we talked about it in in the weeds of it, but at a high level, uh, Prismat, we'll start with you. What do you think about how the team is approaching balance? How they did on this patch? Maybe give it like a uh, give it like a scale one to five, one being they completely botched this patch and they should never do something like this again. And five being this is perfect. Everything, everything was great. I think I'd give them uh, about a four where okay. a lot of these changes I, I do agree with. I do think that like these cards either were a bit too strong or a bit too weak. Mm-hmm. And overall, I can really see the the sort of bar, the upper bar for how strong they want decks and cards to be. I can see where they're aiming for. And I definitely think that they've gotten a lot closer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. there are a few changes, the Draven and the, the She Who Wanders, that I don't completely agree with. Um, and I also would have liked to see them buff some more cards that are I, I, I never got to see, mm-hmm. to see play yeah. and uh, just seem yeah. overall too weak or too hard to use in a deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a missed opportunity here where 
they could have added a bit more to this patch with that. Mm -hmm. Sassy, what yeah, I, I think I, I completely agree. I'd give him a four as well. Um, I, I'm very happy with the majority of it. Um, I was making the joke. I'm like, man, these changes make my nether regions tingle. Like, I... <laughs> I love, I just love seeing stuff, seeing that they're recognizing things need changed, especially because, I mean, we're in preview patch and this is another preview patch we have right. to remember. Like, this hasn't even gone to closed beta yet. Um, where I'm going to be interested to see if they, uh, if they feel like they can revert changes they've made. So, like, if they go, man, yeah, Draven now sucks. Literally, it didn't get played hardly at all. We saw like less than 5% play it or something. Like, maybe they look back and say, okay, maybe this was too aggressive and change something else. Um, like give them another toughness or who knows, like they, mm -hmm. they can do whatever. Um, I w that's where I'm like keeping my eye out and watching to see if they are able to revert changes or like buff changes. I'd like to see more buffs. Um, mm -hmm. Just card games historically, they don't buff enough. And I would love it, you know, if they got the, um, like the auto chest treatment where they every so often, like every week they're like, this is the least placed card. We, so we just buffed it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I would love that. That'd be awesome if they just did that more often. <laughs> Buffs definitely always feel better than nerfs, um, just psychologically. And yeah, I, I want them to continue to push the boundaries, right? Um, even if they had, like, if the next, I guess it would be going into closed beta, at least from their announced schedule, if they changed another 40, you know, 30, 40 cards, I'd be fine with that. Like, push those boundaries. They did a really good, well, not that team specifically, but Riot did a really good job, in my mind, of TFT, of like, Let's see how far we can go in these different directions. Let's get the big, let's get the big, you know, sort of rectangle made, and then okay, let, we need to we need to bring this in, and we need to bring this in so that it's like it's it's closer to something that's good. And I mean, just looking at TFT specifically, the the difference between set one and set two is drastic, and in my opinion, set two is just a a, a really really good game right now. Um, so I want them to do that with this too. Like, don't, I mean, not that, not that I think they're going to, but like, don't get set in stone in that sort of mentality of like, oh, well, we're going to be very, very conservative with changes. Like push it now. These are our preview patches. We've already, we've already accepted that we're not going to get to play for a long time. Like push it as far as you want. Um, and we'll let you know how good or bad it is. Uh, yeah. Certainly on this show. And I'm sure on Reddit, um as well but we are just about out of time here i uh, wanted to to uh thank you prismat for coming on sharing uh some of your insight and talking with us really do appreciate it yeah this was pretty fun pretty interesting overall just discussing really seeing like uh because i don't have too many friends right now that are actually playing this game or too mm -hmm. interested in this game so just talking with other people that are interested in it and have like a card game background mm -hmm. to really get their opinions too so yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, super fun uh, to talk about that on the Discord, discord.me slash Radio. Getting those plugs in. Make sure you guys are joining. Yeah. We're going to be keeping that bad boy active. We're going to be talking about strategy, maybe having a little fun here and there. Um, if there's anything that you guys want to see in there that's not already there, just ping myself or Saucy in there, and uh, we'll be sure mm -hmm. to accommodate. But... That is going to be it. Again, thank you so much, Prismat. Where can people find you on the internet or anywhere? Plug plug what you want, and uh, yeah, where can people find you? Okay, so on Twitter, you can find me at Prismaticismism. So Prismaticism and then another ISM on that. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, just Prismaticism was taken, so... <laughs> 
Sure. And then on Twitch, you can find me twitch.tv slash prismat. And I'm probably going to actually stream uh, this patch as well. So over the next awesome. few days, I'll be streaming too. So Very, very cool. So if you guys don't have keys yet, there is certainly one destination uh, for you. Saucy! I know you're going to be another def destination for people to get some some keys uh, for viewing. Where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, uh, I'm just Saucy Mailman everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, Spotify, all the places. Um, yeah, I'm going to be doing Friday like a 12-hour stream. Saturday, probably like another 10-hour stream. Um, and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday as well. Uh, this is <laughs> this is my whole weekend. I've stocked nice. up my, my fridge here with White Claws. Yeah. going to get some... Some flaming hot Cheetos. Ooh. We're ready to go. Let's do this. Ooh, but yeah, um, that sounds good. I, and yeah, if you, uh, the Discord is now up officially. Um, I'm always in there as well. I'm always, mm. I'm literally always on Discord. Blevins Same. knows this. Like, Same. there's if there's a time of day, I'm there. Um, so hit me up on Discord anytime. I'm always down to theorycraft bad decks and talk about fun stuff and whatnot. Yeah. Send, once you get in, send us your deck picks. Um, we, we definitely yeah, want we to see picks. more of your deck picks or at least the deck codes. Uh, you can you can send those too. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Blevins, switch.tv slash the Blevins, where the podcast is currently housed, though we'll likely be getting a Rune Terrible Radio Twitch at some point. We'll, we'll figure that out. But you can find me there. Uh, but join the Discord, guys. That's going to be the most, that's going to be the best place to find all of us. Um, moving forward and getting our direct input and talking uh, and all that good stuff. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, shout-outs to Prismat for coming on. For Saucy, for Prismat, I am the Blevins, and you've been listening to Rune Terrible Radio. We'll be back next week after the preview patch is over, and we'll be very, very sad, but we'll have had a lot of fun along the way. We'll see you guys next week. Now enjoy this awesome music. can't hear it but i can it's great you yeah, yeah. <laughs> sending you the, the final version of it right now too that i just got